welcome everyone to Shower Thoughts. This is the first episode out of a one episode series all about the legalization of marijuana. For those who don't know me, my name is BK Nduaguba. For those who do, my name is BK Nduaguba. We're going to start this off by getting into it just a bit with what is marijuana. To begin with, marijuana, like most people know, is a psychoactive drug that when inhaled through smoke gives a high feeling towards a person. Marijuana has been a part of American history since the beginning. In New England, they used hemp, which is a strain of marijuana, to create clothing and even food. Imagine that. Weed browns before they became a thing. Even Native Americans smoked marijuana. So for over 300 years, marijuana has been around, and yet it's now illegal. Why? Now, many of us know that marijuana is considered a Schedule 1 drug in America. Like, the worst of the worst alongside very hard opioids. I mean, this has been going on for since the 70s. But actually, that recently, states like Cal- California, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, all these states have been, like, they've been fighting for their, like, legalization rights. And they got it passed. These these states have been allowing the sale of marijuana. And it's a good thing. It's actually helped these communities a lot. But it's still illegal on the federal level. Which is still astounding to this day. So here's what needs to happen, right? We need to come up with a plan, a 10 to 15, maybe 20 year plan where we decriminalize and legalize marijuana on a federal level, both recreationally and medicinally. This way, we can see the effects of legal marijuana that has on our economy, on our social structure, on society in general, and the world. We already keep track of drug use, alcohol use, and tobacco use. And we kind of already keep track of marijuana use, but the major problem is that there's just not enough data to give a solid answer to the question of, is marijuana good for you? Is it better than other drugs? Will you actually die from using it? Like, will you get cancer? Could you die in a, in a motor vehicle accident? These questions have been pondered since the days of Nixon and Reagan. That was part of the reasoning behind the drug war, even the drug war today. Right now, marijuana has been used to fight cancer, glaucoma, loss of appetite. I mean, if we look at the numbers, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration reported back in 2013 that most drug users that start at a young age, like 12, are more highly to get addicted to whatever drug they're using. They said 41.3% of all binge smokers who started when they were a teenager are addicted. And that's out of, what, 33.2 million people? And 22.9% of young drinkers 
were binge drinkers. I mean, they could not stop drinking more than five times the recommended amount per day. So it should be surprising that marijuana is considered a schedule one drug when you could be a highly addicted to tobacco and alcohol. When over a quarter of young drinkers and smokers are addicted to alcohol and tobacco. One of the most interesting claims made by a lot of people who just don't like marijuana. The claim is that marijuana is a gateway drug. That makes no sense since a 2000 study showed that teens under 50 were 80% more likely to start using illegal drugs. And a 2007 study found that teens between 12 and 17 were three times more likely to start binge drinking, seven times more likely to use heroin or cocaine, and seven times more likely to even use marijuana itself. It should also be stated that marijuana doesn't really lead to other drugs because if you ask anyone who uses marijuana, they don't end up getting a tendency to want to use harder drugs just because they used marijuana. If you ask any of them, they say the only thing that they want is food and sleep. Of course, I'm not denying that people who have used marijuana have gone on to use heroin and cocaine. That was their choice. It wasn't because they were looking for a higher dopamine rush. Okay, obviously the people ended up going to cocaine, heroin, and LSD, and methamphetamines. They wanted the dopamine rush that the drug gave. But for everyone else, they just want to sit back, relax, de-stress, maybe play some video games, watch some TV, have a laugh or two, and eat food because they end up getting hungry. Marijuana does not lead a person. It's not like cigarettes where you get that craving and you just and you have to buy more and get more. That's why if you see most drug users, they also smoke because it's easier to get a hold of cigarettes than it is to get hold of heroin or cocaine or meth or any other highly addictive drugs. I work at a pharmacy. One of the, our prescriptions that we usually give out is for Suboxone. It is a drug that is used to treat people with opioid addiction. Every time I've given a patient their drug, I can smell cigarette smoke coming off of them. Every single patient who's ever come through there that I've dealt with has had cigarettes, has even gone out outside to smoke. So I think there is a big correlation between cigarette smoking and illicit drug use. You know, another big reason for why marijuana should also be legalized is to stop the contemporary enslavement of black and brown people. On average, African Americans are 3.7 times more likely to be arrested for a drug possession than a white guy, and that can get 30 times worse in certain counties. You know how many African Americans, Latinos, Asians, non-white people are in prison because they had marijuana on them or in their car they're being given over 20 years for having a plant that isn't as dangerous as alcohol or tobacco or even opioids i mean there's an opioid crisis going on in our country and we talk about we're fighting it and fighting it but we've done nothing to really 
penalize pharmaceutical companies. We've done nothing to criminalize, not even criminalize, just make opioids just extra hard to get. Because it's not that hard to get. If you get hurt, you go to the hospital, they prescribe you strong opioids, morphine, sometimes even fentanyl. They use fentanyl for surgeries, and everyone's scared of marijuana. Everyone thinks marijuana is destroying our country, and anyone who has it should get over 10 years taken away from them. Once marijuana is legal and it should be legal, all those cases should drop. That would probably be one of the first things that civil lawyers fight for, for these records to be uh, expunged and for people in prison to go back to their families who are crying every day because either their husband or father isn't around because they got taken to prison for having marijuana on them. Just think about it. Every illegal substance, drug, object that's ever been illegal Alcohol is a big example. You know what happens? There's a spike in usage of such drug. Look at prohibition. You had mafias gaining power because they could get alcohol from overseas. You had underground bars and hidden compartments in people's houses that held alcohol. Anytime something's illegal, it does not get harder for you to get a hold of it. You just have to take a different route, a much more dangerous route because it's not regulated and you could actually die. Honestly, legalizing marijuana could be an incentive for gangs to basically become businesses themselves and take the money that they have and put it into our economy. Most opponents of the legalization of marijuana are in love with the economy. I might as well be frank in saying this, but most people who are against marijuana are conservatives. And the one thing that they love is the economy. So gangs and weed dealers can basically take their underground business and use their business to stimulate the economy, which is a win-win for conservatives and gangs and drug dealers. If you think I'm speculating, look at Colorado. When they started opening weed dispensaries, gang-related crime decreased, and there's been articles written about how weed is a booming industry that is rich in job potentials and rich in earnings. Back in 2016, legal cannabis was worth estimated $7.2 billion, and medical marijuana was project projected to grow from $4.7 billion to $13.3 billion by this year. Recreational sales were supposed to make a jump from 2.6 billion back in 2016 to 11.2 billion dollars. Do you know how much this money could not only help communities but again help the economy? It's like we're sitting on a gold mine and we're just turning a blind eye to what's right in front of us. In Colorado, when they implemented their amendment to legalize marijuana, Denver experienced a 2.2% decrease in violent crime rates and an 8.9% decrease in property crime offenses. Washington saw crime rates decrease by 10% between 2011-2014 and Portland, Oregon saw crime rates drop since legalizing recreational marijuana. comprehensive study published by a criminology professor from the University of Texas at Dallas, Dr. Robert Morris, found that legalized marijuana was not an indicator of crime rates 
and actually reduced homicide and assault. He even said, we found no increase in crime rates resulting from medical marijuana legalization. In fact, we found some evidence of decreasing rates of some types of violent crime, namely homicide and assault. So right there shows you that legalizing marijuana won't lead to more crime and disruption in the country actually leads to less crime and less assaults. Because if you think about it, when marijuana is illegal, people do a lot of things to get their hands on it. When you have drug dealers fighting for territory, it leads to violence, it leads to shootings, it leads to a lot of assault and other crimes. What's really going to lead you to cause crime when the one thing you want is there? You can pay for it, you don't have to do shady business to get your hands on it. That level of criminality goes away. And if there's even the idea of criminality, criminality is going to occur. Taylor West, the Deputy Director of the National Cannabis Industry Association, said we're not seeing any increase in crime rates through marijuana. We're seeing lower crime rates, and there are good rational reasons for that. We're really beginning to cripple the criminal market, which is where violence actually occurs. When businesses are operating in a legal regulated environment, they don't have to rely on violence to deal with business issues. States that bring this market out of the underground and into a regulated system give businesses nonviolent ways to handle things. So if marijuana is legal, all across the country, crime rates will drop from New York to Houston to Portland to even Columbus. So if you sit down and just talk it out and think it through and legalize it and go through a plan of maybe having a probation period where it's legal and you see what happens, you run the numbers, see what kind of effect it has on the world and make a decision based off of that. Maybe in 10 years, maybe in 15 years, maybe soon we see a world where a little plant that's been with us since our founding is legal and not stigmatized. This has been Shower Thoughts. Good night.